years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona homeowners. You're tuned in to the live broadcast of Rosie on the House, your weekend tradition. It's your weekend wake-up call. It's every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We come together every Saturday morning to try and answer questions you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. If you're trying to remodel, maintain, fix up, add on, or improve to your house, home, castle, or cabin, you can reach us by dialing the toll-free number 1-888-767-4348. Easy way to remember that is 1-888-ROSIE, R-O-S-I-E, ROSIE, the number 4 and the letter U. 1-888-ROSIE-4-U. And that's exactly why we're here, to provide you the best real-time information about Arizona homeownership that can be humanly possible. There are other places you can go to get answers to your question, but are there is the source someone that's recognized as an expert being in Arizona for 50 years? I've only ever built and remodeled primarily in Arizona. We did a little building and remodeling down in down in Gulf Coast of Louisiana as I took a year off of college and went down and lived with my grandparents and worked through uh, a great little town called New Roads, Louisiana, right on the shores of the False River. That was a great year. But primarily, I've built and remodeled throughout Arizona. We've built and remodeled in Flagstaff. Uh, how many how many remodeling contractors can say they've remodeled a teepee in Wikiup, Arizona? Huh? How many people can say that? Well, I can. Or uh, built cabins up in the White Mountains or owned a home in Tucson or remodeled virtually in every metro area in and about and surrounding Phoenix. So let me put my experience to work for you. We have a habit of calling it Our Way is Rosie Wright. And you can find out the Rosie Wright way to maintain, repair, remodel, or add on to your home by dialing us at one 767 4348 any Saturday morning. Now, we've been doing this show for 30 years, so we have compiled a long list of questions Arizona homeowners ask. All those questions, as well as the proper answers, are posted on our website, rosieonthehouse.com. Now, that website is like a free encyclopedia to any Arizona homeowner. All those questions and all those answers are posted right there, as well as if you're in the middle of figuring out the answer to your question, you might decide, well, this sounds like something a bit more than I want to tackle. Well, there is a referral directory at that website, rosieonthehouse.com, that just happens to have been voted the number one contractor referral directory in the state of Arizona for nine years in a row. That's right, little old humble Rosie on the house.com. So we've got the radio broadcast on Saturday mornings. We've got the website on the internet machine 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even through the holidays. Is that incredible? And then we write for newspapers all across the state with information about home ownership in those particular areas. 
We write for the Casa Grande Dispatch. We write for the Green Valley News. We write for the Arizona Daily Star down in Tucson. And we also have our own blog that you can subscribe to at ktar.com. And we actually talk about keeping your home safe while you're leaving for vacation and or the summer electronically in our blog that we posted yesterday. So all of these things we do for the sole purpose of becoming every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Now, I'm doing this solo today, so y'all feel free to give me a ring. We've got plenty of time to visit. Romy has uh, kidnapped my grandchildren and take them up for a camping trip up in the White Mountains. He did send a photo to me of the little meadow that they found. Looks like an absolutely gorgeous and beautiful sight right on the northern edge of the Wall of Fire. You know, one thing about that Wall of Fire, one thing about the Rodeo Chetiskai Fire, is the first plants that come back in those environments are the aspen trees, if you're, at the, if you're high enough. It's going to be two decades while the ponderosa pines grow back in it's going to be two decades of incredible fall color that's the silver lining that you have to look for when you're looking at the devastation of massive fire damage but it's going to be absolutely beautiful in the fall up in those areas okay we've got a little follow-up to do before we dive into phone calls and i see we've got tony on hold we've got kim on hold and i want to get to phone calls but I've got to come clean with all my listeners and all of you that reach out to me all week long as it relates to this APS rate change. I can't turn my radio show into a four-hour program on APS rates, okay? But it seems as though demand is there for that. I wouldn't be exaggerating if I told you I could spend 12 hours a day answering people's phone calls and emails about how they should acclimate to the new APS rate fees. And I haven't been able to talk APS to put me on their payroll, and I don't have the time to answer everyone's questions. And I have emails that are pages long that are backed up and supported by five and six spreadsheets. I mean, it, it takes me 40 minutes to read so, some of these emails, just one email, and study the basis. So I'm having to come up with a new policy on how to handle this because I can't commit the time it appears that we have the demand for this service. I run a, a remodeling company. I, I counted last night when I left the office. I have 29 people who I've either visited or have an appointment to visit to give an estimate for a remodeling project in the next five days. Okay, And, and, and we're dealing with more leads coming in now than we've ever seen in my entire life of being a remodeling contractor. It's absolutely incredible. So we don't take all those leads. We refer a lot of them away to our contractor friends and people on the referral network. But that's a full-time job. Then we have the radio production company where we broadcast on five different stations and eight different uh, signals. And then we've got the writing for the 
newspapers, which thank goodness we've got Sweet Becky helping me with the writing. You know, I did fail English 101 six semesters in a row at ASU. I think it was just ASU had something out for me. But we do have someone from ASU here taking your calls. We have Miss Julia Beja, who is in her sophomore year of the Walter Cronkite School of Broadcasting at ASU. And she is our call screener because Jennifer, as well, is out. So it's Rosie in here running solo, here to take your calls and to guide you along. Before I take the first call, here's my new policy on the APS rate increase. In the month of July, every single Saturday, we're going to be focusing on air conditioning, a different aspect of air conditioning with a different Rosie certified air conditioning expert from across the state of Arizona. I am going to take one email that I get during the week and highlight it and explain it. The one that I think has the widest application for all my listeners to benefit from, I'm going to take that and I'm going to air the solution to it. And then we will keep that. It's always podcasted on our, on our website. You can always go back to it. And as we continue to get these dozens, literally hundreds of requests for information about the rate charge, we're just going to redirect y'all to these recorded segments and see if that is some way we can't help y'all choose which of the five different plans. So I'm going to do that real quick right now. We have one email this week that says, Rosie, I hear you talk about supercooling and encouraging people to get to the saver choice max and do that by shifting, I'm going to use APS's terms, shifting and staggering your consumption. Buy everything you can off peak. If you're really smart, you can get your on peak purchasing down to about 15% or less of your total consumption. If you do that, and you do it by supercooling, you can get your cost down to something in the neighborhood of 12 or 13 cents per kilowatt. So, Rosie, why would I go through all that grief when all I have to do is sign up for Premier Choice rate and I buy it at 13 cents? Why don't I just do it the simple way? Here's the reason. Premier Choice is only good for those of you buying under 999 kilowatts per month. That's a pretty small home. That's an apartment, okay? So if you are consuming less than 1,000 kilowatt per month, yes, go to the Premier Choice. You'll be paying $0.13, cents flat rate, no matter when you buy it. It's going to be hard to get any better than that. But for those of you that are consuming about twice that, which is what the average customer is consuming, about 2,000 kilowatts, then you've got to take a look at one of the other plans. And it all depends on you how much you want to shift your purchasing to off-peak and how hard you can control your demand. All right? So that's the one email for this week. I'm going to take one a week. We're going to record the segments. And all of you that are sending these information to me all week long, we're going to have to simply just start redirecting y'all to these pre-recorded, archived library segments. Or y'all could convince the APS to put me on the payroll. One of the two. How about that? 
Well, I'll tell you what. If you're shopping for a car with all the money you're saving by supercooling, you need to get over to Sanderson Ford in Glendale. The only place Jennifer and I have bought a Ford vehicle in the last 25 years. And once you experience the Sanderson difference, you're never even going to put your foot on another dealer's lot. There's no hassle. They treat you like family. You can even buy over the Internet, and they'll deliver the car to you. What could be easier than that? But I don't know. I like getting out there, and I like seeing the colors. I like sticking my head in the new cars, getting the new car odor, and I like just being able to talk through the options with my designated rep at Sanderson Ford. We talk through the engine sizes and the ratios and the options and all of that. I tell you what, Sanderson Ford, it's the only way to buy. Get there, but remember they're closed on Sunday. Uh, Toe-tapping good time here at Rosie on the House. Gary, I don't dare start pushing the buttons in here, so I'm going to leave it up to you to bring in the callers. I will do that. Why why don't you bring Tony into the conversation? has a great topic he'd like to visit with that uh, probably a lot of folks would like to visit on. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for calling Rosie on the House. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, I want to put a gazebo in my backyard, and I was told that... I needed to put, get a permit to put a gazebo in my backyard. Is that true? Yeah, probably so, Tony. What 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 building um, municipality are you in? Phoenix. In the city of Phoenix? You know, yeah. here's a couple things I do know. Uh, they're going to want you to stay out of the setback lines of your of your every lot has setback lines, side yard, backyard there. setback lines. You're going to have to stay inside of those. If you run any electricity to the gazebo, you're going to have to have a permit. And and if it's over a certain size, I know if you put a uh, – are you a policeman? Are you, on the, are, you, are you running the police scanner? No, no. I'm at work. I, I, I'm a heavy equipment operator, and they're talking on the CB. Okay, all right. So uh, if you put, a, if you put like, a tough shed uh, – uh, Shed in the backyard over 200 square feet, it requires a permit. What I would encourage you to do, Tony, is get a hold of City of Phoenix and tell them what you want to do. Chances are, yes, you are going to need a building permit. And I would tell you, if you're going to put a gazebo out here, here are just a couple finer points of how to locate a gazebo and how, and what to get to a gazebo. Most people, or some people on larger lots, say, well, I want to put the gazebo back in the far corner. I would encourage you not to do that. Keep the gazebo fairly close to the backyard of the house. That's where it's going to get the most use. You don't want to be able to be all the way out at the gazebo, starting a barbecue in your hamburgers when you realize, ah, I forgot the Worcestershire back in the kitchen. So, you know, as one side of the burgers are getting burned, as you walk back to the kitchen for your Worcestershire or your cheese, uh, it just isn't worth the effort. I would encourage people to root more power out to their gazebo because the more you use the gazebo, the more you're going to wish that you had a high-pressure compressor out there to run a misting system and a ceiling fan and a big-screen TV and a couple speakers and some lights. So that's the way a gazebo is intended to be lived. And then don't forget, if you have natural gas to the property, get gas out there as well as a drain and some fresh water, and you'll be all set. And I know 
to build that kind of gazebo, you will need a permit. Tony, I hope that helps. Thank you, it did. All right, buddy. Good luck. Send some before and after pictures, would you? Let's go to Kim. Wants to talk about foundation problems on line two. Good morning, Kim. Thank you for calling Rosie on the house. Yeah, are you there? I'm here. Okay, I got a question. I got heaving problems. Okay. I had a couple of I had a couple of companies come out. One says, "Don't worry about it." The other one, they want to do um, come in and take measurements and evaluations and all that. Yeah. Can you can you uh, where are you? What's the major cross streets? Where are you in Where are you in Arizona? We're in Queen Creek. Okay. And and if I walked up to the house, would you have to point these out to me, or would I see them? Would I see evidence of cracks or or windows or doors that weren't open or closed? Windows and doors are fine. Okay. It's our our inside the house. Some of our tile are cracking. Okay. And that's uh, what made us notice it. Okay, all right. And are the tile cracking across the tile or through the tile joints, the grout joints? A little bit of both. Okay. Well, I, I would tell you the, the one guy that says let's take some measurements, uh, yep. that, that's called a manometer. And what, right. they, exactly. what, what they do is they, they create a topographic map to the nearest eighth inch of the inside elevation of your house. And once that's done, then we can track that over, you know, six months or 12 months and determine is it continuing to move or is this a one-time event that maybe it was just a weak link in the slab that cracked and it transferred through to the tile. So a manometer might not be a bad idea. How long have you been in the house? We've been there for 13 years. Okay, and when did it start cracking? Uh, probably six, eight months ago. Okay. We are on an irrigated. We are on an irrigated lot. Okay. And water is probably 12, 15 feet away. Okay. We don't. We don't really have any standing water next to the house. I've got gutters up, so water. I don't know if it's an issue or not. What What did they want to charge you for the manometer? About three hundred fifty bucks. It was like five twenty-five. Was it five twenty-five? Okay. Six twenty-five. Six twenty-five. Um, yeah. I, I, if I've been in a house thirteen years, it's never cracked, and now it's just started cracking in the last six months. I don't know that I don't just watch it for another six months. Um, okay. And what I what I would do is is I would take some baby powder. And I would kind of, yep. I would kind of sprinkle it on that crack occasionally, and see if it absorbs any moisture. See if you've got any moisture creeping into the house itself. And baby powder is a great indication of that. Just sprinkle it over the top; it'll start balling up and get moist real quick. And if it's not, then I'm going to encourage you maybe take a couple pictures and send it to me at info@rosieonthehouse.com. And let, let's just watch it for a little while. I'm going to get back to, to why I say that after this quick break. Most foundation problems in Arizona are heaving. And a lot of people mistake it for settling. We'll cover that real quick. Thank you for tuning in 
to our little program, Rosie on the House. We finished the last segment with someone that's experiencing some floor tile cracking at their home they've been in for 13 years, and the crack has just begun in the last six months. And uh, at that, in that scenario, given all that information, I would tell them just to continue watching it. But let me talk to you a little bit about we've got serious foundation problems throughout the entire state of Arizona. And a lot of people look at foundation failure and they immediately assume, oh, it's settling. Uh, that's just intuitive. It's the first thing that comes to mind. And there is a lot of collapsing soils and settling going on throughout Arizona. But in Maricopa County, that isn't generally the problem we have. We have expansive clay soils that have water introduced to them, especially after not seeing any rain for 10 months, and they're introduced a little sprinkler water. Maybe you've turned the sprinkler valve on a little bit longer. It's infiltrated a little bit closer to the house, and it's now going to swell up. The clay soils expand enough to literally crack your slab, crack your foundation. And that's a heave. And heaving is actually a bigger problem in Maricopa County than settling. So that's something to watch for. It's a much different solution. You could mistake it for settling, go in and underpin the stem walls, and not solve the problem at all. So you have to be very careful. You have to have a very educated eye take a look at it for you. Um, it's And it is a critical situation here. All right? So that's all I wanted to say about foundations. We have Mary Ellen. We have Heather. We have Diane. We have Frank. And we have Roland. Let's see if we can get with them. We'll just take them in the order they came. Gary, line three. Let's welcome Mary Ellen into the conversation. Good morning, ma'am. Hello. How, how can I help you this morning? Thanks for calling. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, um, I I have a problem with air coming into my house around my doors and windows okay. that are in the doors. Um, I can literally see the light coming through around my doors. Okay. Um, and I can feel the heat, uh, wind blowing in um around the doors okay and, and i need to know what type of weather stripping to get or i need someone to come out and install the weather stripping for me i am a widow okay um where where so, where are you miss mary allen major cross streets um 39th avenue and dunlap okay well are you familiar with our website rosieonthehouse.com uh, I have used it, yes, ma'am, okay. or yes, sir. Well, if if you would want to go there, uh, there are there are two registered handyman services that I know could take care of this for you. One is my company, Rosie Remodeling and Handyman Services, but I will tell you we're a little backed up. Uh, the other company is Handyman Connection, and I was visiting with them about two weeks ago. And um, they're they're busy, but they're not backed up. They're a much bigger company than we are, and can handle a lot more people. I would tell you, a handyman, Mariana, can probably, depending on the size of your house, come by the house, take a look at it. 
at 39th Avenue and Dunlop, they'll be able to run to uh, a couple Ace Hardware stores that aren't very far from that or Home Depot. Pick up the appropriate weather strip and come back and probably finish it in a half day to a day, and then you'll be all set. Okay. I also need a, uh, like a couple of door sweeps because I can see underneath my doors. <laughs> and, and that's all stuff they can pick up at any, at any hardware store. As a matter of fact, what they may ask you to do, uh, if you're comfortable doing it, is use your phone, snap a couple pictures, and send it to them, and then they can show up with the right stuff. That's, uh-huh. the, that's, that's the great thing about the, all these phones with cameras. We don't, we don't have to take an investigative trip first. We're, do, we're estimating a lot of our projects just by asking people to send us pictures. You know, when, when you've been doing it for 50 years, you just kind of know what you're going to find. <laughs> right. And like I tell people, I've got a dummy phone. I got a, an old flip phone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, well, they'll, I'm not going to invest in one of the new phones. You well, know, they'll, they'll I'm co- a senior citizen. They'll, they'll come out and take a look at it, Mary. Okay. And what about, I've got a, uh, a fan in my bathroom um, that does not have a cover over it on the roof. I can see the the light coming through the well, we, sunlight and the moonlight coming in, and I, the rain comes in. Yeah, we definitely we definitely want want to get that covered, and as well, a handyman can take care of that. And that's just a little piece of flashing that he'll take some self tapping screws, attach it to the riser element that's coming up out of the roof, and boom, you'll be covered. But that really should be covered as well. All right, we appreciate, it, dear handyman connections. Been a member for a lot of years. I think they're up to about uh, almost 30 uh, carpenter handymen uh, that they have assigned out on any one particular day. And uh, we get a lot of very, very positive feedback on uh, how uh, polite they are, how clean they are, and uh, how thorough they are. So there you go. We appreciate the call. Glad I was able to help in just some little way. We're going to go from weather stripping to water heaters with Heather. Let's bring Heather into the conversation. Good morning, Heather. Thank you for calling. Hi, I just wanted to know the um, the advantages or the reasons to get a uh, tankless water heater. That's a great question. A- great question. Let, tell me how many people live in your house. Just me, but but this is not really just for me right now. It's kind of like for the future. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. I'm, I'm gonna just talk you through the science of heating water in in the next minute and a half. Okay. So conventionally, we have a 25, 30, 40, or larger water heater tank that we heat that much water up, and it stores hot for us to use instantly wherever we want to use through the house. The tankless water heaters are now like this super heater that we mount on the wall, and as we turn the hot water valve on, it ignites the superheater and flash heats the water as it passes through the heater. That way you don't have to store any. It's delivered. You basically have an endless supply of hot water. Here's the downside. They can be fairly expensive. They're going to be about twice as much as a conventional water heater. And most of the manufacturers of those tankless water heaters highly recommend, some insist, that you must have a water softener on the water that's going in because when we take the Arizona hard water and we flash heat it, we actually pull the minerals out of it in an accelerated rate. And the heating elements in those tankless heaters actually are good in Arizona for less than a couple years. You'll be burning elements up 
constantly. So the option to go tankless is more expensive than a conventional just by buying the equipment. And secondarily, you've got to put a whole water softener in front of it if you don't already have one. So it's a much more expensive option when you fully investigate it. Once you investigate it, if you already have a water softener, if this is what you want to do, it's a great and very efficient way to consume hot water. But I don't know that most families ever see an economic return because you have the investment so high up front. Heather, I hope that helps. Thanks for making the call. We're going to go from Heather to Diane. Welcome, Diane. Thank you for calling. Rosie on the house. How can I help well, you? Well, hi. Hi, Rosie. I've got a real quick question. Okay. I'm on a third of an acre and uh, just south of ASU West uh, in a cul-de-sac. So uh, I've been listening to you and Greg forever. Okay. My question is, I'm uh, getting ready to to garden on the north side. However, um, many years ago, they put plastic, black plastic over everything, covered it with gravel and sand. And my goal is to reclaim that soil. Um, and, and the black plastic is starting to disintegrate. Yeah. My question is, do I need to get in there and remove all of that black plastic as the first uh, step in making this a healthy soil environment for my fruit trees and for my garden? Yes, is the correct answer. You'll, you'll probably, <laughs> you, you, you'll, you're going to want to get rid of the decomposed granite because that's not going to do anything to help benefit the soil for your growing garden. Once you get that decomposed granite pulled back, the plastic is going to come up piece by piece, little bitty pieces, but depending on how long it's been down, depending on how much sun it's been exposed to, depending on how it's been broken down, all you're going to be able to do is pick it up as best you can, and now you've got back to native Arizona dirt, and now what we're going to do is we're going to get a rototiller, we're going to till down six, eight, ten inches and start adding organic material. And uh, doing that, Farmer Greg always says, you have to make healthy soil. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I will. By the way, Farmer Greg did an awesome job. He put an entire citrus hedge in over at my son's place. So a big shout out. All right. Well, excellent. Well, Miss Diana, I, I hope that helps removing that black plastic. Uh, it, it's it's more of a mind, it's mind over matter. It's a lot of work, but if you don't mind, it don't matter. Just stay after it, okay? And from there, we're going to go down to Tucson with another landscaping question, which is really, really scary on line one. Frank wants to talk about oak tree. And this is, hey, two, Rosie. this is two landscaping questions in a row. And I'm not the landscaper. Romy's the landscaper, and he's out today. But how can I help you? Hey, uh, Rosie. Uh-oh. Did we lose him, Gary? Sure, we lost him. We lost we lost him. him. Yeah. We lost him. I think I went to, had the same teacher that you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he he had a question I could tell about a oak tree, a live oak tree he was having trouble with. And all I was going to tell Frank is, look, I don't know the first thing about killing a live oak tree or get keeping one alive. But I know who I would call. In Tucson, I would call Magic Garden Nursery, and their number is 
885-7466. And I would have them come out and take a look at it. They're over on 22nd Street on the east side of town, but they operate pretty much valley-wide throughout the Tucson metro area. Magic Garden Nursery, 520-885-7466. And this is what happens when Rosie's in the studio by himself. Occasionally, I push the wrong button. You know what? I'm going to take the fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do yeah, it? <laughs> we, I tell you, the phones have been so hot, and um, I have a way of you know making sure that the line's locked in, but I didn't hit it a second time, so my bad. I'm, I apologize. All right. We've got Rollin and Matt, and let me check the time here. I'm doing all this all by myself, single-handedly, but neither one of my hands are tied behind my back. I'm too scared. I need everything all at one time. And we won't have time to take either one of their calls before we're going to step out on this quick break. When we get back, it's Rollin, Matt, and Pat here at Rosie on the House. All right, it's the open line hour at Rosie on the House where we take any question you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And we've pretty well covered the gamut this morning with all lines fully loaded right now. Let's see how many more we can get to. While we wrap up this hour, we bring in our friends from Lions Roofing in the following hour. Talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the they, you always heard that the Maytag repair salesman was the loneliest guy on the planet. No, the Arizona roofer is the loneliest guy on the planet when it hasn't rained in 10 months. <laughs> they're going to come in and they're going to remind you, don't ignore your roof. Rain will come back one day. Let's bring Matt into the conversation. Good morning, Matt. How are you, my friend? Hey, good morning, Rosie. I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. What you up to? Oh, I'm up to pretty much everything on, you know, out in the yard right now. But uh, I had Arizona Painting Company come out um, just recently to give me a quote. And my house is 80% stucco, and then the second story on two sides of the house are um, panel boards, uh, like the um, uh, press board um, panel boards. Yeah, it has, and, it and, has and like a rough, a rough sawn texture with little grooves sawn into it. It's called T111. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and on the seams, um, it's it, apparently at some point uh, before we moved in, it got some moisture yep. in it. Yeah, yeah. And they're pulling out from the nail heads yes. and swelling a little bit. Yep. And so my suggestion to Arizona Painting Company was before they paint, maybe I should put some boards on those seams um, instead of trying to repair it because it looks like it would look like a pretty crummy repair job. Um, if I did some, you know, four or five inch boards um, and just ran them up over all of the seams and then we caulked that and then they painted over it. Well, um, and they, oh, go. They thought that was a great idea, but I'm wondering if that's necessary or if there's something else that maybe I should be thinking of. Well, once those edges got wet, they started swelling. That's why the nails are being pulled out. You're going to need to caulk that. And then if you want to install a bat board over the top of that, that's fine. You, you can do it. Uh, most of the time, uh, we don't bat over, you know, T111 just four foot on center generally we'll do it 16 on center so it kind of looks intentional and and purposeful but there's there's nothing wrong with throwing a bat up there four foot on center and 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 that that'll give you another good decade of use of the siding probably 
Yeah, you know, it's it's on the side in the back of the house, so aesthetically it's not, you know, okay. the people that, that drive through our alley, I really don't care what they think of my house. So, Well, um, you can do that, or or you can ask uh, Arizona Pay Company, what do y'all think about uh, uh, Elastomeric caulking those joints, and then let's put a let's roll a four inch or eight inch roll of elastomeric coating just over that joint prior to priming and painting it. That would probably accomplish almost the same thing, Matt. That would be one of the very very few instances that I would recommend elastomeric paint, not over the entire area, but just over that just swelling over joint area. Yeah. Okay. okay perfect. I will uh, run that by them. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rosie. Okay, man. Let's go to Pat real quick. We're running tight on time about a new air conditioning dilemma. Pat, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, to Rosie. Rosie Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, what I'm calling about is my air conditioner. Okay. We had a new air conditioner installed in April of 2016 by one of your referral people that we've used for 20 years since we've moved here. Great. And, yes, we've been happy with everybody. And this has been our only problem. Okay. Um. When the air conditioning turns off and the fan turns off and the outside unit turns off, my husband and I hear like a drip sound coming through the vent in one of the bedrooms. Uh-huh. And we've had the repairman from them up here twice, once a month ago for the annual inspection, and they had him back again this week okay. telling, him, and telling him to listen to this sound. He's been up there. Now, this is the same guy twice. Okay. okay. He's been up there, and he said the, the drip pans are dry. There's no water. He's run water through the pipe, <laughs> checked the thing outside, and yeah. he said it sounds like an air duct expansion. Well, we're from Illinois, and we had heat for eons, and air duct expansions never sound like this. It's like a drip, continual sound for like about five to ten minutes, and it gradually just stops. Uh, so we can't figure out what it is, and um, we're leaving town for a couple months. That's the problem. <laughs> and, and you want to make sure you don't have moisture oh, problems. Well, if he's been up there and checked the pans, and what he did is he ran water through the condensate drain to make sure it was open, that right. was fine. And it can be, Pat, it can be the duct. Uh, when we installed a new air conditioning unit at our house, we ended up with exactly the same thing, only in one bedroom. And I want to tell you, we have run cameras. We have literally crawled through the ductwork ourselves, and there is no water. It sounds exactly like a drip. It's not the air conditioning cabinet. It's not the condensate. And we've also at our house written it off to it's got to just be the colder air with a new unit hitting that ductwork and as it winds down and reestablishes a back to room temperature it it's just going through a little thermal contraction i i would tell you if you've got a rosie certified contractor on it and he's looked through it i would feel confident what he's telling you is probably right but I've got your phone number, and I'm going to want to dig a little deeper into a couple more possibilities before you leave town. Lizzie, Roland, Lisa, all left on hold. I'll get to you off air as we depart. And welcome to Lions Roofing into the 10 o'clock hour.